0: Hey, welcome or welcome back to the Uncomfortable is OK podcast. I am your host, Chris Desmond, and this is a show where we make you better at doing hard things. Today on the show, I have uh, Teomeka Morohu, who is an awesome Kiwi dude. Uh, and this conversation is really, it's around self-awareness is the theme. Um, and, and learning to know yourself and, and learning to investigate and explore all those dark uncomfortable parts of yourself um, so that you can find out find out more about yourself find out what makes you tick uh, and address those things that you need to address Uh, This is a pretty Kiwi conversation, Uh, there's a little bit of of New Zealand slang here for everyone, so for the overseas listeners uh, that need a little bit of interpretation, uh, feel free to get in contact with me after the show, um, and I can give you a little bit of a rundown about what some of the New Zealand slang means. Uh, Thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with me and tea today. Te Omeka welcome to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. Thanks for joining me tonight, mate. You're, you're welcome, you're welcome. Uh, T, what I'd like to start off uh, with people is just a little bit of background about you, mate. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? Uh,
1: Bored and bred in Wilkwood from. I lived down Mahurangi West. Um, Um, My understanding is through the Naharangin West publication is Alfano settled there, the Irish side of Alfano, in 1905 and built the house in 1920 or something like that. And so my father was living there now and it's um, under a trust with him and his brothers and sisters. And so we've been in that area for forever and a day. And um, my father moved back there in 1982, the year I was born. And I went to school to walk with primary. I was the Fifth kid of um, six siblings, so I've got a younger brother. And um, growing up at Mahurangi was awesome. I enjoyed school. I loved it. Um, growing up with older brothers and younger brothers and older sisters, um, that was awesome too. Had it, had its up and had it down downs, as all, all families do. Um, and then after after college. Um, it was funny, I was meant to go and do engineering, and man, I think I was thinking about this because <laughs> my, auntie, my auntie hooked me up um, with the ability to do the engineering course at Auckland, um, and applied for it, and got in, and then I decided I don't want to do mathematics for another year, so I went and laboured down at the ports of Auckland before um, going down to Waikato Uni, and then um, after Waikato Uni, came out with a Bachelor of Science, and then gone into the tech industry and have a looked back since. So that's sort of where I met today, and then during that journey, got married. Um, two older sick kids
0: and two kids of mine. Choice, man, choice. Um, that's a that's a good uh, that's a good synopsis, eh? You've you've told that story before, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, as, as you can tell, the this mouth moves a lot. <laughs> and bro, um, so you, was it just purely the maths that you decided that you didn't want to go and do engineering, or were there other stuff that uh, was, was wrapped around that too? Bro, it was the math, because
1: what happened was, um, I, I like three things, um, music, arts, and um, just movement in general, like physical education, or playing sport I just like playing sport I, I had older brothers that taught me how to play sport when I was young as. I could pass the ball both ways when I was young um, I could catch a softball and throw it as far as a 17 year old by the age of 11. I don't know I just um, I was into into moving so th- those three things but when I was at school economics, accounting, physics. Just a whole lot of stuff that I was sort of doing to become, I don't know, an architect or an engineer or something that my, it's funny as my, my auntie, I always thought she wanted me to take on um, a skill like that or be a specialist in those areas. And then it just, I was sitting there, I was performing and I was like, nah, man, I just can't do it. <laughs> and just, yeah, pulled the pin. And when I worked down at the Port
0: of Auckland for a year full time. Yeah. And uh, how did your, how did your auntie take that?
1: Um, I'll be honest. I was a bit of a stinker. I just sort of didn't acknowledge it. Like I was young and just sort of caught up in my own world and didn't even think about it really. And and sort of sort of feel felt ashamed when I look back. When I look back at it, but then there came a point of time when I realised oh, that's just that's sort of just who I was. Um, my mind was sort of always just jumping, jumping, and didn't really sort of look or take care of those around me as well as I probably could have back in those days typically thinking about number one
0: mm. yeah and I think it's it's not an unusual uh, unusual thing to have for uh, like a 17, 18 year 19 year old boy is that we're uh, we are kind of on the lookout of for number one and like thinking back when I was that age it was that was definitely the case eh, for me as well yeah uh, and bro do you remember any kind of big big events or big things in your youth that have really set you on the path that you're on at the moment yeah yeah definitely um, it's I suppose this is another story that I tell often but
1: it was um, I just, when I got my first feasting um, I just remember it hurt like hell went up to the old lady and um you know, oh, i got a peace thing. i got a peace sting. And then I was like, be quiet. And I was like crying, slap, be quiet. And then I was crying, slap. And then it got to the point where I was like, Shh. you know, when you see it, you come down like, Ooh. <laughs> you go through those different levels of sort of quietening your cry, and then pull your knee like. Shh. And not, not many people have had to do that, but I learned that at a very early age, how to suppress um, emotions, so to speak. And then my perception of tough, I suppose, in that instant change, because when I hurt myself, the quicker I could show no pain um, or physical pain or, you know, sign on my face, the better. You know, I thought that was a good thing. Yeah. That so that, that, that was probably the first biggest impression I can remember, sort of, on my life. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Interesting. And, I mean, for something like that, there's there's pros and cons for... For both of it um like being able to being able to suppress pain sometimes uh when you're going through something hard that you just need to get through is is a good thing uh as long as you kind of spend some time dealing with it afterwards but what sort of what sort of problems did or what sort of challenges did uh taking on that approach early on lead you to Um, it was the inability, so, you know, when you
1: talk about challenges, physical challenges, love them, you know, um, when you're, when you're going for a run with your mate, you're looking at your time going, I can push this a little bit harder, it's gonna hurt, but I'm gonna push through it, yeah, I can feel the pain, I'm gonna hit it, I'm just hitting it, yeah, my shins are so sore right now, but I've got this, I'm gonna get that time, you know, so physical pain, I could, I sort of enjoyed it, but when it came to emotional pain. What I call invisible pain that I couldn't, it's like I couldn't. I, I felt like I didn't have the tools to deal with that because I just didn't know how to. If it was emotional and I was feeling sad, I just like, boom, just pushed down. How, 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 how quick can I push that down? But as we both know, or from, from what I've seen, you know, just it builds up, builds up. It's got to come out somewhere, eh? And it'll come out in some some behavior, whether it be, oh, look, there's my little brother. I think I might just get beat him up because I feel like it. I think I'd beat my little brother up, eh? So that's sort of where it wasn't I know, conducive to a, a good life. But that's, that's, that's the reality of what was happening. It was just, I'd hold it in and then just bam, real explosive and instantly sorry afterwards. You know, it was like, damn. But then, sometimes it's not yeah so it was was bouncing between the two but i just get there so quick and then when you snap out of it it's like oh my god i feel so bad i was like no you deserved it and that's the two things that were going on in my head at the time after any situation happened i was like oh i felt bad i didn't mean to do that i just couldn't handle my emotions or nah you deserved it two things it was pretty pretty ruthless when i whenever i go back and look at sort of the mindset at that time
0: yeah, and that's I mean, often it is like that, say eh? is is when you uh, when you struggle to, and uh, I'm definitely the same that I, I struggled with uh, any emotional pain when I was a when I was a young guy as well is that you you don't particularly know how to deal with it um, that it is like especially I was born in '83, so kind of <laughs> societal wise uh, in the in the '80s to be to be tough you were you were staunch you were. You were ruthless, you were Buck Shelford playing, uh, playing rugby with ripped testicles, uh, and... Just... You know, my uncles were like, man's man, you know, They're like, they could
1: dig a, a hole as deep as ever, and they just did the hard work, and then you do this kind of stuff,
0: and you just be this kind of person, Not exactly what you're saying, bro. And I think, I mean... The, the those guys, those those tough guys as well, were probably going through a whole lot of emotional pain, but no one really talked about that So you didn't you didn't see that from everyone else, or hear that from other people that hey, actually this is this is tough, this is normal. Here's here's some stuff that you can uh, that you can use to deal with it as well. But when you were when you were in that point, like with that that kind of cycle of that just that release of the anger and the the thinking, oh, they deserved it. Did you, you were just thinking that that was quite normal? Oh, yeah. Definitely. It was like, that's what happened to me, that's what you get. Simple as that, bro. Yeah. And did you see, like, did you think at any point, hey, I might, I might be able to or I might need to change this behavior because I feel really bad about it at the time? Uh,
1: When I was 16, that's when I apologized to my little brother
0: yeah, I, I gave,
1: you know, I gave my little brother some good hiding. Um, but yeah, it, it was when I turned 16, I realised, oh, right, he can be your best friend. And um, and then after that, haven't looked back since. Yeah, that's that's what I would call turning the tides. That, that that time I apologised to my brother. Um, but funny that you say like they can. There were times when we'd be like for years we'd be mates and like he's got my back and he's looked after me and pulled me out of some stink places but then we could be in a situation where he does something in my and the kid's self so i might be inebriated at the time and most of the time i usually was but my kid brains on and it's like oh you know i just i'd look at him and it'd be there again i'd be like know your place you know it's just it's just i don't know whether you call it an older brother thing but um, that that switch would come back and there were a couple of times where where I did act on it. Yeah, and and that was all alcohol induced um, when I was having my family. But yeah, so now I've got it to the point where it's like, it's cool. It's cool. I, I love you, my bro. <laughs> plus, 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 I'm like you know, I'm five foot eleven or just under five foot eleven. And he's
0: like six foot two, six foot three, and just this big mammoth of a dude. <laughs> yeah, it just makes you stop and and think a little bit more beforehand, eh? <laughs> uh, and was it was it just a switch that flipped for you, mate? Um, at that point in time, or was there? Was there a bit of a process that you went through to to change? Um, it was definitely a process. So that was like just the beginning, like
1: seeing that I was I'd been a stink guy, that whole well what I class as a stink guy, and realizing that that wasn't cool. And then you know understanding that I, I love my bro, <laughs> it just like voila, what are you doing, bro? And then um, and then that was the start of the process. You know, I started thinking about him and how I could be nice or, you know, how I could be better than whatever I was before and just try to act on those things straight away. Um, but there was just those, I, I suppose, those deep ingrained habitual things where if I was sort of just alcohol-induced and something sort of reminded me of a past experience and it ticked me off, I sort of just clicked back into that mode of what I used to do.
0: In the time of not drinking yeah yeah and I think I mean alcohol has like has played a, a bit of a part in my life as well is that it's um, that you do kind of slide back into those those negative behaviors that you that you are ashamed of when you when you're drinking it's just easier it uh, it's more habitual and I like I don't know that there's always a always a good reason Um but that was that was kind of one of the uh, one of the reasons that I stopped drinking is just because I was a bit of a dick when I drank. Uh, plus, I'd stopped enjoying it as well. Yeah. Um, and I mean that you kind of started the process when you were sixteen, mate. And I know that you're you're still big into into finding ways that you can you can be better and that you can you can do better. What are you what are you working on at the moment? Um, what I'm working on is um Marissa Pears stuff, um just
1: self talk. I was actually just talking about that before we started. It's um just realizing so I was let's say sixteen is when I first realised that I needed to develop. And then during that time till uh about oh, I was thirty wait, well, eleven years from 10 years from now, so 27. It wasn't until I was 27 that I read my first self-help me book, and I realized, whoa, there's actually guidelines to changing. Whoa, you mean I can have a respectful relationship with anyone, not, not just my brother, because what happened is, in that process, I only became nicer to my brother. For everyone else, I was still sort of the same person. So, although it was a defining moment for me, It was just a minor change, but it was the moment that I realized I could see things. But it wasn't until years later, when I was 27, that I actually saw that, yep, I was aware that I was doing what this book was telling me, but it was also giving me solutions. I'd never really had the right role models to get the solutions beforehand. And so from 27, moving on, now I'm 37. Over the last 10 years, I've learned all this stuff, and like I know all this stuff, and I can talk to the stuff all day, but it wasn't really until two months ago. It's just like, a, are you just telling me? It's, yeah, it's just a thought. It's just a thought. I just have to think it. I, I actually can just think it a whole lot of times in one day, and it, it could probably become a reality. And then. That's what I started thinking and then Nick and I came along, came across Marissa Peer and um, I did a post on LinkedIn around um I'm enough. And that was just about two and a half weeks ago, bro. And I was just like, shit, you mean I could tell myself that I'm enough, I could tell myself I'm awesome. I'm like, I'm, I'm a badass mother, oh yeah, just like cool runnings or <laughs> yeah. I, I've got this 27 pull ups. I've got this 27 pull ups. I got 26 on Saturday, but then this morning I got the 27. Um, but it's that, boom, I got this, I can do this. How good would it feel if I was doing this? How good would it feel if I had this? I do have this. And in two and a half weeks, you know, like saying something like, oh my God, it just feels awesome being on top of all my work. H- how awesome does that feel when you've crushed it? And thinking about that as opposed to, oh yeah." Oh, I've got a lot of work to do, and that's still happening. But what I'm doing is it's like a game now. It's like, oh look, the mind trying to go off track again. Boom, hit it back. Oh look, the mind's trying to go off again. Boom, hit it back. So that's um that's something I'm playing with a lot lately, bro. And,
0: and the last two days have been a bit freaky in that sense. Mm. Yeah. It's almost uh almost like tennis. Is eh, your mind's just firing yeah, yeah, yeah. those negative thoughts at you and just whack them back over the net? What um. How has that how is those that thought game and that thought uh, the thought patterns, how have they shaped your actions? Um, more certain.
1: Just more more certain, like, um I am gonna get up tomorrow at four forty five. I am gonna do my forgiveness, I am gonna do my gratitude. I'm gonna lay there, and think about all these good things, then I am gonna go do that thing, then I am gonna go do those pull ups. Yeah, and then doing it. But also, got to remember that I I need to switch that stuff off as well. So, in my driving time, just try to do that mindful exercise where you try to feel your fingers on the steering wheel, feel your toes and your shoes. Just be there. You're looking at the you know car in front of you. You're right here. Your mind's not chasing off too much. It's trying to, but you you know you're here. You know I. I just try to sort of keep in that moment just to sort of let the mind have a break because i I feel for myself that it's a bit too overboard, just hitting it all the time, I'm like man, the homeboy needs to chill out too, and so i'll also i also go play some guitar every now and then at work and just go outside and chill or walk around or go have a chat to the broke polder that hangs underneath the tree up on myers Park, so yeah, just try to also find the time to make a quiet break give it a break,
0: yeah, yeah, and I think like there's a there's a couple of important points that are well things that I think are important anyway that I want to yep. talk about in there and um the the first one is oh shit I'm mind blanking on the first one let's talk about the second one first <laughs> um <laughs> but is is that slowing down and that time to time to take a break is is really important as well because like we're we've kind of almost glorified busy uh, as a society now and there's there's so much distraction and if you ask someone uh, some someone how they are and they're like oh busy yeah I'm, I'm good I'm busy I'm busy like, yeah, yeah, yeah. is is that good and just that I find that with that constant continual stimulation as uh, like there's there's your phone and then there's work and then there's uh, in the car you can listen to this great podcast along with a whole lot of other great podcasts um, yeah. but it is you can go through a whole day and just be consistently stimulating yourself so you need to to take that mindful time to slow down and chill out and just let things relax and and repair I agree bro. yeah and I I've remembered halfway through what the first one was um, <laughs> and the, the thought process is, is fantastic in regards to kind of creating that internal self-talk and, and stopping that negative self-talk that's going to stop you from doing things. But it needs to be coupled with the actions as well. Yeah. That you can, you can positive self-talk yourself for weeks. And if you're just sitting on the couch, then you're not really going to get anywhere um, that you do need to start taking some action around it even if it's just the even if it's just if it's just those smallest ones to begin with eh? um, and then it snowballs from there
1: yeah and I, I was like um, I thought uh, I just have to think it I don't have to say it I'll tell you what say it just say it like just say it quietly under your breath say it uh, I don't know what it is what, what it is about saying it as opposed to just thinking it but I just it's it's working better for me like it it does something i can feel that i feel better when i say it um there are some things that i can do to make myself feel good when i think a few things but that takes me i have to really be processing the imagery as well and how i'm feeling in that sync. just like a movie you know if i've like got my camera and i'm like yeah this is what's happening this is what i am the character is feeling boom and i'm just like there and that's after sort of seeing some stuff around um, Dr. Joe Dispenza's box meditation about putting yourself into that future self. I think that's a bloody awesome awesome concept. And it has me sort of reaffirming my thoughts around how time is um, nonlinear. And like, <laughs> it sounds weird to me when people can't justify time travel, but then you hear about these past regressions, and I, and I know people that have been through them. And for some reason, and I've done this to myself, when you go back into time, into that memory, and you go sit down with that young dude that was hold, hiding in the long grass, and like crying, holding his knees, thinking, no one loves me, no one loves me, and you go, bro, I love you, bro, it's all good. And then for some reason, in the, presence I feel, in the present, I feel good. I feel like I just let something go. I'm like going, dude, <laughs> something just happened in my past like I don't know what happened but something has happened and I feel like I just solved one major problem in my life and then to hear other people talk about it so openly and candidly I'm just going there's something that I don't know there's something going on in the space around us and the space in front of us and but also in the space in here and it, it bloody intrigues me bro it really intrigues me and so that's why I sort of Do a lot of thinking about it, read a lot of stuff about it, and then instead of just knowing it, like you said, taking action and just going, cool, I'm going to do this and see what it does. Oh, this is my experience. I'm going to roll with that and keep that belief. I'm going to do this and see what it does. Cool. I don't like that. I think I'm going to stop it. Yeah, and that's sort of how I've just been operating in about the last two weeks, just being super intuitive about what works for me and what aligns with my beliefs at the end of the day, bro. Mm,
0: so it's it's kind of like one big experiment that you're going through with with testing stuff out. Like when you when you find something that you think is right for you, how do yeah. you know? Like what do you feel? Uh,
1: it's it's doing what I thought it would do. So I'm getting the results that I thought I would. It's aligning with what my thoughts were at the time um, and what I had read and what I had seen based on that information. So I took on a whole lot of information. I interpreted a certain way. I go and test it and if it aligns with that way, I go, cool, I'll keep it. If it doesn't align with that way, but it still does something good for me, then I've just had a learning and I'm still gonna keep it. But then if it sort of moves me away or I start feeling I would say I feel shit, or I might feel like I'm, I might feel like my body's off, or I don't know. It's um, it's like my guts. I will have something in my guts. I'll have something in my trapezius. Now, normally, if I get something in my trapezius, it's stress induced. So, something be stressing me. Um, it could be something in my arms. I, I just I feel an imbalance, and and then I'm going okay, cool. That's that's not working for me for this reason or that reason, or I then get put in a situation where life sort of becomes a bit rough for me, and that's emotionally like a, I'm like under a bit of emotional pressure. And I'm like, oh, that that's not working for me. So that's sort of how I know when it's
0: going for me and when it's not. Okay. No, and I think that's that's a, a really good way to do it. I mean, one one question I have in there though is. How do you, how do you know if something is completely wrong for you, or that it's just hard and frustrating because it's a skill that you need to develop?
1: Ooh, um, I'll
0: classify that by
1: like say for example, sugar. Um, I did a whole lot of fasting and then had a whole lot of sugar and just watched sugar just jack me up. I jacked up. I was unfocused and I was just like, like. It's a drug, that's my belief now, after doing that. Um, it's something that you shouldn't do, but I did it anyway just to test it. Um, after another 72 hour fast, I ate red meat just to see what that did to me. And then after 48 hour fast, I ate some um, carbs, some, a whole lot of bread. And those were just things I was doing just to test, test something. And when sugar stuffed me up, I was like, nah, that's bad for me. I don't think I'd even need to do that because I already think it's a bit stuffed up all it's done is just sort of proving me right. So I suppose when I interpret that something is negative and then I prove myself right again, I'll stop it. But like you said, if something is testing me and it's like I'm sitting there and I'm getting stressed, I don't know how to separate the difference, but sometimes I go, yeah, I've got to get this. I've got to get this. I know it's just another lesson. I know it's just another lesson. But then other times it's like, is this really a lesson? Like maybe the lesson is to go this way and avoid it. But I, I you know, I don't know how to call it yet. I don't know how to call it. It's it's their fine balance for me. But yeah, I I don't know how to call that one, bro, to be honest.
0: No, no, just, that's, that's all good. And I like for me it's it it's kind of the same. It's um it it's hard to explain the difference between and sometimes it's hard to figure out the difference between hey this is actually the, something that is wrong and something that i shouldn't pursue um where it, compared to actually this is this is just really really hard for me at the moment yep. and i guess probably the way that i think about it um a little bit is i mean with with the title of the podcast uh i probably should think about it this way is that if something is if something is uncomfortable for me then actually that's something that i need to poke into a little bit more and i need to spend a bit of time with and and kind of do a few more times or sit with it um to figure out hey is this is this something actually that i'm going to get better at or something that i'm going to uh going to just need to push into a little bit to to find out if it's going to be beneficial for me or if it's actually not Um, and I'm talking about things like uh, learning new stuff or trying out new uh, trying out new practices, I'm not talking about I don't know, yeah fasting and then just jacking myself up on sugar because I probably know that that's the wrong kind of uncomfortable for me after just one go yeah, no, no, definitely. And that's what
1: all the testing is about, bro. So I sort of have a probably an unhealthy craving for um, a little bit of tension, a little bit uncomfortable. I'm not really okay with comfortable. i just, I suppose I'm a little bit edgy like that in a, in a sense. And that I like, I say things like you were saying before how people go, ah, oh, I'm good, I'm busy. I actually like to say stuff like, I'm a good busy, which is I'm busy and moving in the direction that I need to be moving. Or I'm a bad busy and I'm doing it to myself. Or I just sort of like to be open around those those kind of things. And oh, you know when you forget where you're going with something because you just had another thought midway through? I just had that bro.
0: Where were we on that one? The, the busy
1: Oh yeah, the, the third one that I like to say is I'm nicely stressed because I am a little bit stressed, but it's, I've put the stress on myself because I'm going, you got to do this. And so I, I do use that one just to be honestly sort of straight up. I'm nicely stressed because I put myself there because I sort of like to be there. And then there is also overwhelmed stress, which no one really likes to be in, but it's sort of like, cool, that's a challenge. It's like, that's not overwhelmed, that's not stress, it sort of starts off like that, but then it becomes a challenge to me, as opposed to being something that's daunting. So, uncomfortable is like, hey, you want to take this on? I'm like, yeah, I can handle a bit of discomfort, Oh man, let's go. So, yeah, just look it in the eye and go for it sometimes, bro.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's a nice, I mean, there's a nice uh, kind of parabolic curve with that as well, is that for a certain amount of stress actually your performance levels increase uh, and then when the stress gets too much higher you start yeah. to creep into that overwhelm zone or, or a danger zone where your performance starts to decrease actually and you you start to uh, not be able to do things as well because of that overwhelm and sometimes it's sometimes a little bit of a tightrope eh, between that that nicely stressed and that overwhelmed Uh what yeah. um, When you get into that overwhelmed state, I'm, I'm interested in, do you have practices that you use to pull yourself back into the nicely stressed area? Um, no, I just learn to acknowledge what I do and do it quicker.
1: Um, so I will go and fly, fly away. But what I do is I go, cool, I'm about to hit overwhelm, go away now. Make myself go away right then just so I can come back quicker. So... This way, I look at resilience, and I got that from my CEO. She's like, resilience is all about how quickly you can bounce back. And so I do do meditations and stuff, and I do try to quiet the mind. But one thing I'm mindful of is sometimes I just got to go so I can come back quicker. So I actually force myself to go, and then just recover quicker, and get back into it Yeah, re-strategize plan, go, okay, this is what's overwhelming me, this is what i got to do task list it. cool, it's in the task list, okay, start at the top, boom, boom, and then just work at it. And I would say, if I got anything from university, it was how to do that, how to break things down in my mind in a way that worked for me, into logical steps, and then go, cool, this is how I'm going to solve something. And, and that, that was pseudocode. Pseudocode was the number one thing I took from university, how to methodically break down a problem into a solution with a whole lot of steps, yeah. So that's what that
0: gives me. Nice, and when you, when you say I go, where do you go? Um, so what I'll do is I will go do a mundane task,
1: a super mundane task which needs to be done, but it's not super important. It's just something that I know that I can do real, real easy, and I'll simply go, boom, do that, then I will go and hide away in a little bit of Facebook, uh, maybe some YouTube, But on YouTube, I will try and watch um, a bit of sport and then try and get into something that will pump my mind back up. Um, The other thing is also I'll run away and go do something mundane and then I might end up just having a conversation with someone just to distract me, just to take all the thoughts away because I need to to sort of stop the fear going around in my head. Um, There's probably better ways I can do this, but that's sort of what I started doing about maybe six six months ago, six, eight months ago. Okay. Um, Yeah, because I I just found as I started thinking more about resilience, I hadn't seen anyone study this, I just went, man, I do this, why don't I just be aware that I do it, and um, the times that it does pop up, because it doesn't happen as much as it used to, because I was going to ask you before, what is your thoughts on um, stress when, if you just pop up into the overwhelm and back, can you just keep on bumping the level of overwhelm up so there's a point where once upon a time I used to be overwhelmed at this point, but now I'm just a little bit stressed. Do you think you can do that?
0: Yeah, I, I, I think you can and um it's it's probably just a, a theory that I have at the moment. I think there's um yeah. but if you if you think about it and if you look back, there are things that you can do now that yeah. If you tried to do two years ago would have completely overwhelmed you so i i think about um kind of mental training and mental fitness and and resilience the same way that i think about physical fitness as well yeah is that you you need to train it progressively and you need to um slowly nudge those boundaries so that you're you're pushing kind of the edge of that that um nicely stressed or that stretch zone getting up into towards that that overwhelm zone and then you might you might tip into it a little bit um but if you're if you're just going progressively you won't tip in too far and crash and burn which i kind of equate to having like a physical injury that you'll be able to just ease back a little bit uh regroup and i like what you do with that like what you're talking about going away um and, and leaving and, and doing something completely different. It's almost like purging that that overwhelm and those negative thoughts from your mind at the time. So yeah. that you can you can come back um, and like do another set of, yeah, of hard stuff.
1: Exactly. And it comes from um it comes from that guy um Halrod that did the morning what's his book, the morning ritual. Something about the morning ritual, but he He just sort of talks about it that way that um, whenever he used to do sales, he'd get all the rejection. And when you get rejected, you just sit there and you feel all the anger, the feelings, the fury for about five minutes. Well, they actually set their timer. And then sort of when the five minutes is up, you go, I can't change it. And then you just get back into what you were doing before. It's sort of that process. But how I got to that process was I was doing a self-love course and a lot of thinking around self-love just because I sort of had to sort of of upskill in that area. And it just made sense to me that um, with self-love, it's all about accepting who you are and accepting the things that you do and being okay with the things you do. And I was like, I do this. would not I just sort of be okay with the fact that I do this and maybe just roll with it when it does happen and go with it a lot quicker instead of fighting it, let it happen and then come back. And through that, I've handled the stress I've sort of learned my lesson and I'm able to reflect and go, yep, I did it again, try not to do it next time. And then sort of push the time length between the times that I do it, you know? Whereas before I was doing it every day, now I'm doing it every uh, one week or every two weeks or something like that, but just always, like you said, trying to push it a little bit further out so I'm not doing it as often. And that's using all those methodologies around taking breaks, um, being mindful, being focused and meditating in the morning, being grateful and all that kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think it's a, it, all of the stuff is skills that you build progressively over over time as well as that it's, um, they're, they're a process and everyone's kind of on the lookout for, for a great hack or a great uh, just a way to sort of accelerate every area of your life and <laughs>
1: yeah. it's it,
0: it's the practice and the action and, and I think like probably the best hack is to have a really great question to ask yourself that yeah. just changes your perspective but then you've got to go and put in the work all the time every time and that's where they're, they're just missing
1: a little bit it's like Oh, no, I just have to think about it. No, you got to put in the work, and then
0: consistency is key. At the end of the day, um, it'll it'll get you anywhere. Consistency. I completely agree with that, mate. And one one thing that I wanted to talk to you about as well tonight is uh, is intention. And I know that you're you're quite big on intention. Can yeah. you kind of tell me how you think about that? Um.
1: Once again, I was—I didn't realize I was doing it until my my CEO sort of explained about intention to me and about taking responsibility. Um, and that's why I sort of learned more about it since I started working for BNTM in August. And it's just knowing that you can choose what you're thinking, how you want to feel. Um, Choose what your goals are, which will then determine your actions and, you know, the steps that you're going to take to hit those goals. So all the things that intention brings to you is, for me, responsibility and accountability and just going, hey, I did do those things and now I'm here. Or I did do, do, do those things and I stuffed them, But I did them. I'm taking responsibility for that. I chose to feel that way. Yep, it's, it's a horrible day. Guess what, I can choose to still feel awesome on a horrible day and think about the time when my mum used to make me and my brothers sort of slide down the grass hill back in the day and you know, we're thinking rainy days are the greatest things ever. I can do things like that to make me feel awesome. But beyond that, like you see what Mel Robbins is talking about um, with visualization and the reticular activating cortex, when you put some intention out there, you know, the filter system is going cool, that's what he's thinking. Where's more stuff that will give that to him? Where's more stuff that will give that to them? Oh, yeah, there's the signs. Cool. There's an opportunity. There's an opportunity. So all that stuff starts happening. And I was with two of my mates last night, and we're at Carl's Junior after Kieran and Ray, and we're going, you know why people write all these books about um, think about things and put the thought out there? Because when you start doing it, and it, start, and it starts actually revealing itself and it starts happening in your life, you start seeing examples, and you start getting the things that you want, You go, oh, this is a thing. And then you see all the different books about it, like, excuse me for saying this, but the Bible, like, awesome book. If you do the things in the Bible, some awesome things will happen. If you do the things in the secret and put that intention and put faith behind it and all that kind of stuff, things will happen. And so intention, along with um, the self-affirmation, which is all a part of it, it's like, things, things are just happening, bro, and I, I can't sit there no more and go, oh, it's not happening, and you know, not take advantage of the good things that are happening. But also, realizing that I was putting a lot of intent into the lot of stink things that were happening in my life. But once, um, as I started getting better at seeing how I was doing the stink things and realizing that I can probably think something else, those things sort of started removing themselves or didn't happen so often. But it's just been using that intent, and now I understand it a lot more. Because before I was just doing it because people were telling me to do it. Now I'm understanding and can see it from a different light. I'm going intention all the way. I think I think that's how it has to be, and it's working for me. Um, I've set some some crazy intents, and for 2034. And and if I get there, bro, I'm just like going to go. Holy, holy, I knew it. You know, I'll start celebrating a fist pumping. I don't know, but that's
0: sort of what's going on in my head around the whole intention thing, bro. Yeah, are you are you happy to uh, to share what some of your intentions are for two thousand and thirty four? Oh, just to put myself in a position where I can distribute a hundred million dollars a month. Yeah, that is a that's a big intention. I like it, man. I like it, um, and I think the that's a that's a cool explanation of of intention and uh and and how it can work as well because there's depending on what your intention is um there there are always opportunities that uh that are coming up but if you if your intent intention isn't kind of aligned with uh with those opportunities the that are presenting themselves then you kind of block them out you'll ignore them but if you change your intention to hey this is where i want to go this is what i want to do those opportunities that were still kind of always there suddenly you're more aware of them you're like oh why are these popping up now when they never did before (laughs) and they always were but you just you just ignored them and when you start taking those opportunities more and more opportunities are going to to present themselves to you so it's uh uh, it's not it's not super woo woo stuff in, in regards to uh uh how it works and and why it, why it works um it's yep. just what you what you focus your attention on your attention for your intention <laughs> yeah 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 yep. the people listening overseas will just not understand that at all oh eh? like, <laughs> the kiwi the kiwi yeah. accent all the vowels just say, sound the same anyway <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about. <laughs> uh awesome bro um i want to talk to you a little bit as well about uh about viewing the world with a glass half full and some of the some of the videos that you put up on on linkedin as well because they're they're pretty they're pretty cool where did that idea come from um from the bro whose house i'm at today um
1: i've always sort of spoken this way about life um with people I've worked with at work, and the bro here has heard me sort of, I'm quite open with my thoughts. Um, I sort of don't mind if people disagree with them. I'm just happy to share them. That's the extrovert side of me. And they're like, do a video. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then I just started doing them, man. Um, I was going through a period in my life where I just needed more positivity than I did, did negativity. And just, just started. And then before you knew it, I thought my ego was getting a hold of me, bro. And so I stopped, but then people are going, bro, why'd you stop? Man, nah, you know, that that really helped. And I was like, really, shit, this stuff actually helps. And because other people wanted me, I was just making sure that I checked my ego and um, so to check my ego, I just said, all I have to do is help one person, just one person through what I'm doing. And everything else is a bonus. So now that I know that I've helped one person, or at least one person, I just I just keep on going because I do know it's helping others. But no, it, it's all just a bonus on top at the end of the day. And one thing I'm finding is that um, examples count. As you watch more people come out with their examples, there are people out there like going, just like me, going, "Man, I'm a little bit fucked up. Um, I think we." Man, I do something out of this stuff, and then when you see that oh, he's going through it too, or oh, I'm, I can understand that, understand that, I can relate to that. You're like, geez, it's not just me. Actually, maybe I can do something about this. And the times when I felt like that, like I've done, I've been able to do something about it, and I just assume that there's other people out there. Cause you know I'm a consumer too, and I'd like to see that, and so that's that's sort of what got me got me going. And it was funny because I actually did um a glass half empty for a while there, bro, where I take something positive and put a negative light on it. And the reason I did it is because I had a mate that called himself a realist. he will know who he is. And um, you know oh no one wants to, everyone just wants to give the sunshine pump and all the good stuff, man. You know positivity crap da da da. And I was like oh, okay cool. So I started doing the glass half empty. No one's interested, really, in, in the negative stuff, watching something be positive, and be negative. Uh, it's quite hilarious for me. And then I just sort of said, right, whatever, you know, being a realist or whatnot, negativity doesn't really have a place, bro. <laughs> not even on social media. <laughs> <laughs> um, unless, the, unless the death and killing and thing that really sparks the mind, talking about it, nah, it doesn't seem to be that interesting at the end of the day. That's what the audience said, anyway. mm.
0: mm. And yeah, it's uh, it's an in- interesting, uh, interesting experiment to to go through. Um, but yeah, I've I've definitely enjoyed the positivity from you with that, mate. And I think it's like it's a nice loop back to what we were talking about at the start: is that um, that emotional pain and uh, kind of feeling alone as well. Because people don't talk about all the weird stuff that goes on in their heads uh, and the and the negative things that are that are happening there, and that that just kind of perpetuates a lot of emotional hurts, especially in uh, especially in young Kiwi males. So, hopefully, with with some of the stuff that we're doing um, and that a whole lot of other people are doing, probably a whole lot better than us, um, that those those stories are getting out there and and people know that hey this is this isn't abnormal you're not weird you're not um, you're not someone that that's crazy just because you have the stuff that's going on with you that there are other people out there that uh, that have these these challenges that they're, they're facing and and that it's okay and actually going and having a conversation with someone about it uh, is is really helpful
1: oh like the world needs more of this this kind of content, Chris. Um, like your uncomfortable, you know, your uncomfortable podcast is. It's awesome because it's just hitting it from so many different angles, and it's going to be relevant to someone. It's going to be relevant to someone. Someone needs every well. You have we, to. I don't know. One hundred and thirty. One hundred and forty podcasts now. There were there's definitely 140 people out there that needed the kind of stuff that you're putting out. And, and the same with world, the same with all the other information that all has its place. And what you'll find is some people will just resonate with different content, but when they find the one that works for them, oh, the kind of help it gives them, I can't even comprehend it because, you know, I, they're not me, but I have been in my own situation where I've consumed content. I'm just going, thank you. Like today, I'm praising Marissa Peer, and that was all from a Lewis Howes podcast. You know, there will be someone praising this one, and all the other ones that you do. So, I think I think power to the podcast. Need more of them. Need more examples. Let's go harder.
0: Thank you, bro. I, I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, I can I can definitely think of a few podcasts that I listened to off the top of my head uh, that were just were just epic and just kind of changed the way i thought about things um you might like there was an episode that rich roll did with tim ferris uh real interesting one um i'll send you the link to it afterwards so that you can have a (laughs) give it a burn Mate, i want to um i want to tie things off with some questions that i usually ask people uh, at the end of the chat yep the first one is what was the last uncomfortable thing that you did and how did you get through it
1: um, ooh. to be honest, the last uncomfortable thing I did was that post on Friday, the glass half full, where I talked about um, my experience with perversion. So I went, to, um, I was at a facilitating a male support peer group to into Man Up on um, Thursday, after Thursday evening, and um, it was one around perversion. And, I'd never had that many guys in the room before, so we had more guys than usual. And then I started hearing more stories and it was just that kind of stuff. I was listening to live examples and I was just like going, oh my God, oh my God. Whoa, that's me, whoa, that's me too, whoa. I never thought of me as that kind of person and it was like, I was sitting over here And I was looking at me and just like going, holy shit, dude. You know, like the the missus told me this for years. And I was like, no, no, I deny it. But yeah, um, at the end of the day, it was an addiction that was brought out of my my childhood. Um, Porn magazines, um, child abuse um, between the ages of um, 9-11, more porn, and then... Alcohol and drugs while university and woman combined which I'm just hiding it all up But I would say that the 9 to 11 year old period that just really wired my mind to be highly sexually active and so I found that out on Thursday night and openly posted it on um, Friday now Yep, could have could have hurt my reputation could have hurt done a lot of things, but I was like I was like nah man if I'm that, and if that's what um, I'm going through, and if, that, if that's one of the largest things that hasn't been serving me, and I've got a problem with this, I want that stuff out in the spotlight. You know, not just now that I see it. I want everyone else to see it. I want other people to hold me accountable. I want to feel like I'm accountable to other people. And um, so yeah, I dropped it on Friday. Boom, out there. Next man, I'm connecting with guys offline, going, "Oh yeah, man, bro, you can do it, bro!" And like pushing me along, sending me to go to websites now and sign up with. Um, a website and doing uh, the Mount Everest challenge, um, just around that kind of addiction with um, perversion, porn addiction, sex addiction, and now I have solutions from the from my male peer support group, which 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 gives me hope, bro. So, bro, that just happened. The Friday just gone, and at the time I was like, I'm about to say this. I'm about to say this, and then I just went nah, man, because. You can become a better man for your kids, and and at the end of the day, they, they mean the world to me. So I'm gonna try and punch it, give them my best shot. Here you go, world.
0: Boom. Click record and didn't look back. So yeah. <laughs> bro, that is that's massive. Good on you. <laughs> yeah, bro, I just punched it. So that, that was that was super uncomfortable, bro. Yeah. But yeah. I, I,
1: that, that kind of uncomfortable I need. I needed that comfortable um, because would I ever fix it? Would I ever address it? Would I just hide from it and just put it in the background like I've always
0: done? I don't know, but now I can't. Very true, very true. What's the next uncomfortable thing that you're going to do and why is that uncomfortable for you? Oh,
1: wow. The next uncomfortable thing I'm going to do. Um... I might. Oh, ah, Can it be the next thing? I next uncomfortable thing I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I I want to go. I want to go skydiving. I have to go skydiving. That stuff has to happen. I really want to do that. I, I really want to do that, bro. I, have you ever done it?
0: Yeah, I've done it a couple of times. Uh it is. It's awesome. It's awesome. Why do you want to do it?
1: It's one of those things that I've just always wanted to do, but gone. Oh no, nah. oh no, nah. yeah nah 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 nah, yeah nah nah nah, nah. And, and and that's over years, bro. Like over years. Um,
0: to some people they're going, oh skydiving. I thought you have something more than that, but it's like, dude, it's skydiving. Skydiving, <laughs> skydiving is scary as hell, man. Um, I was I was freaked out both times I did it, but you're you're just buzzing afterwards um the first time i went skydiving we were we were down in queenstown um for a mate's wedding uh and one of our one of the guys we went to uni with worked out at the the skydiving place in just out of queenstown and so a couple of us boys were like i wonder if there's any chance we can go jump out of a plane this morning and it turned out there was so he hooked up hooked us up with a deal um and, yeah, we, we went out and uh, jumped out of a plane and kind of came down over Queenstown Lake uh, and, yeah, and just ended up buzzing and then went to a one of our best mate's weddings in the afternoon. It was just a, just an <laughs> epic experience. But I was terrified all the way up in the plane, like, hanging on real tight. I was like, I'm going to yeah, get yeah. blown out the door here. <laughs> uh, awesome, bro. Um. What other strategies do you use to approach uncomfortable situations?
1: Um, oh, I, I feel like that's that's it for now. Um, I suppose one extra strategy that I do use that I haven't talked about is um anticipation, knowing that something's going to be uncomfortable, knowing that I'm going to be uncomfortable in it, and looking to the day that I'm going to feel uncomfortable because because sometimes I just there are things that I can predict where I'm going to be uncomfortable. And just knowing that I'm going to go through that process has helped me prep for a better but um meditation gearing yourself up in the morning is always a good way to handle the day and um, all the mental pressures taking the time to break pause disconnect um, you know just have a moment to yourself whether it be just listen to music but sort of try try to let go um, knowing knowing that you know knowing that you have a process and just going with the flow of that process when it does sort of take you up because. You know, it's, it's so ingrained in you that fighting it is actually probably harder harder than going with it. So, Jeff, yeah, mm. get it, coming back, and yeah, I, I think
0: those three. Um, I think that's enough. And if I find something else, uh, you'll yeah, yeah. be, bro. <laughs> Let me know, man. Let me know. So it's kind of the anticipation, so you can apply all of these other strategies that you that you have, and you know, hey, this is the day that I'm, and I need to really bring my A game with these.
1: Yeah, even to the point with your eating, bro, like setting yourself up so that you have as much energy as you can on that day. So being quite quite good with your fasting, three days leading in, eating eating some good foods, like um, say for me it would be tuna, carrots, beetroot, and maybe some green leaves, and, 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 and that'll be it. I could do that for three nights, and that'll gear me up to be on that day, I just know that I'm going to be, I should be pumping. And in that morning, making sure that you're getting all the stuff that you need to get done, plus getting the kids ready. <laughs> but but having even even to that point, organizing or knowing that you're gonna have the kids stuff ready the night before, because that day you just got stuff to do. So you really gotta punch it. So you anticipate it, set yourself up with the best as possible as you can. And all those things that you know you should do on that day, nail them, like hit them. Um, you know, setting your timer for I'm only going to do social media for 15 minutes. I ain't going to just jump on and then get lost for 30 minutes. No. Nah, on those days, you hit the 15 minutes. These are the days that you don't miss a beat. So that, that's what I sort of talk about anticipation.
0: Um, it's- yeah. Rad, mate. A um, couple of quick questions just to, to finish things off, but I just want to take a moment to, to say thank you so much for spending some time with me tonight to, to have this conversation. But also, thank you so much as well for, for your honesty and, and the positivity that you're bringing to the world as well. And, and not just the positivity, the, the realness of the conversations that you and the stuff that you put out there which really helps people deal with all of this weird shit that's going on inside of them. Yeah, man. Thank you. No worries. Uh, Mate, if people want to connect with you, if they want to see some of the stuff that you're doing, where's the best place for them to do that?
1: LinkedIn, bro. Um,
0: I'm all over over LinkedIn with my health and well-being, and then on Instagram
1: and Snapchat, I'm just... I just show what I'm eating and what my workouts look like. I talk about them, sometimes I show them, sometimes I go live and do virtual workouts and go, I'll do a set, you do a set, and just pretend I'm working out with someone and while I'm not doing anything and you are meant to be doing a set, I just talk about the kind of stuff we're talking here, just spout my mind and just help me sort of learn from myself and get some thoughts out there and then analyse what they're like and sort of go, hey, maybe stop talking about that or maybe think about that a bit more. So, yeah, just
0: all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> for sure, mate, for sure. Um, mate, do you have a challenge to leave me and the listeners with this week? Oh, how would you define challenge? It like can be what, anything, like, anything that's a little bit hard or a lot hard. A, a challenge for you or a challenge for the listeners? For both of us, ideally.
1: Oh, I challenge you. To be consistent in one thing for 365 days one thing just pick one
0: thing 365 days okay okay yep i have a little bit of a think and i will let you know what it is uh <laughs> awesome bro that is a that's a great challenge actually <laughs> yeah. thank you. no one's ever had that one before <laughs> thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with me today thank you bro
1: thank you i really appreciate it bro thank you so much
0: there you have it team. I hope you enjoyed that one. Uh it was a really fascinating conversation going deep uh about a lot of topics and uh I really appreciate uh Teomeka's honesty in in regards to a lot of the hard stuff. Um and hopefully that has inspired some of you. Uh it's definitely inspired me to to just keep asking myself the hard questions and exploring those things that uh, make me feel uncomfortable rather than pushing them to the side and and running away from them. Uh, A couple of thanks. Thank you, as always, Jylan, for your awesome editing skills, buddy. Um, You make me sound articulate and intelligent. I very much appreciate it. Uh, thank you to my brother Jeremy Desmond for the awesome theme music. Uh, it just adds adds another layer of discomfort. Thank you guys as well for, for tuning in and spending some time with us. I am running some coaching with people at the moment. Um, so a just kind of a, a coaching light or a three month block of coaching. Really focused on uh, things like building your mental resilience taking on and overcoming a challenge uh, reducing overwhelm and anxiety uh, and also doing some corporate resilience training with people as well so if you guys are interested in any of that at all or know someone who might be interested Hit me up on the social media, on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Okay. find me on LinkedIn, Chris Desmond, or send me an email, UncomfortableIsOK at gmail.com. But thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with me and T today.